Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3 to 9 scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at rightonoptics.com. That's right on R I T O N optics.com. On this week's episode, I talk with guest Brandon Hammonds, co-owner of the Outdoor Podcast Channel and host of the Take Game podcast about where to hunt in Michigan, thinking ahead, and Michigan's hunting incident reports. Hunt, 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 Welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is Wednesday, December 9th, 2015. This is episode 30. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Um, right up the gate here, I'm not going to be shy. Uh, I would like some feedback on the podcast. If you have ideas, comments, um, rants, raves, anything like that, you can send an email to where to hunt wy at gmail.com, where the number two, the word hunt wy at gmail.com. You can find us on facebook.com slash where to hunt Wisconsin, all spelled out. Twitter, we are there as well, um, at w2hunt. And uh, check out our app, where to hunt app.com where the number two or the word doesn't matter huntapp.com so give give us a shout out we also have um a contest going on right now it is going through until 12 p.m on 12 12 so 12 12 12 is uh, is when we're going to stop accepting entries or we're going to accept them up until that date but what it is is a 25 dollar cabela's gift card giveaway entry all you have to do is rate and review this podcast it's simple. Just rate and review the podcast. Take a screenshot of it. Then either post a screenshot on our wall or send us a message via Facebook. You can also send it to me via email, um, which I just had. I just said that email address. So want to get that out of the way. I do have a guest on for today's show. It is uh, Brandon Hammonds, the co-founder of the Outdoor Podcast Channel, which is one of the networks you can actually find the Where Do You Hunt podcast on. So um, good episode talking about where to hunt in Michigan. And uh it seems to make a lot of sense to finally have a, have an episode like this, and luckily he is extremely knowledgeable, so I will bring him on right now. All right, we have our guest of the week on the show. We have uh, Brandon Hammonds. Brandon, how you doing, man? Good, man. How are you doing? And uh, thanks for having me on the show today. Absolutely. Um, I didn't butcher your last name, did I? It's Hammonds, so you're, <laughs> you're pretty right on spot there. I think I'm becoming known for, for butchering last names. I'm just, I ought to just keep rolling with it that way. I know that uh, there's been at least three on my show that I've really butchered. Yeah, so. I always forget to ask in the pre pre uh, screening thing or whatever. But you're you're the co-founder of the network that I'm part of now, which is exciting, uh, which is the Outdoor Podcast Channel, and among other things, you have your own podcast, also the Take Aim, uh, the Take Aim podcast, and you run an Anytime Fitness, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, you own it. You don't run it. Well, you yeah. probably run it and owned it, I guess. I do, yeah, I run it. <laughs> I I own it and run it, so yeah, pretty sort of have my hands in a few different things right now. Well, that's cool. Tell tell the audience um, where you're from and and kind of how you got into this podcasting stuff. Just as a small aside, before we get into our topic of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm from a small town, born and raised uh, in Riverview, Michigan. 
and uh, which is let's say it is twenty five twenty minutes south of Detroit, probably. Okay, and so twenty five. If I hold up my left hand, where am I pointing at on that mitten? You're you're going the southeast corner, right, uh, very near the Detroit River, right in between Lake St. Clair and Lake Erie. Okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're right. That's right where I'm from. So I, you know, it was really easy. If you love to fish, it was a great place to grow up because I could almost, you know, so to speak, throw a stone to the Detroit River and, and catch eight pound walleye anytime I wanted. Well, that sounds beautiful. Um, but yeah, being in an urban type area, you know, it, it took a little bit for us to get out somewhere hot. But uh, that's where I was born and raised. And then me and my wife eventually moved about um, 25 minutes southwest of there. So right on the edge of the urban zone, so to speak, and right on the edge of the country. Rock on. Now, you mentioned fishing, but what about, uh, what about hunting? Are you uh, a deer hunter? Or are you a waterfall guy? What are you into? I am a strictly a bow hunter. I'm a huge whitetail, just freak of nature. I mean, I kind of eat, sleep, or breathe it like a lot of guys. But uh, I uh, grew up, I think my first bow hunt was actually right when I was 12. Uh, we could bow hunt in Michigan at the age of 12. So I, I've been bow hunting since I've been 12. We had a four-hour drive. We had some family property up up what we call up north, which would be kind of, you know, mid-western part of the state if you were to hold the mitten up in a small town called Reed City. So that's basically where I kind of grew, you know, or grew, but uh, caught my hunting Wonder, teeth, so yeah, to speak. But, yeah. yeah. And and so you said you have you have land in the central part of Michigan, or is it public that you hunt? That was private land. That was my stepfather's family farm. His uncle owned, uh, you know, did some crops and had a cattle farm. And I think around about there was 400 acres. And it was, you know, very classic, probably like some of Wisconsin and what we call the, the UP. But it was a very traditional, you know, family type of atmosphere opening day. You know, there was a bunch of people hunting in a bunch of spots. Typical Michigan, because we have 100, or uh, excuse me, a million plus gun hunters. So, you know, it was busy, but it was, you know, then it was about, we you know, shoot some deer and it was a lot of just hanging out with everybody. That's, that's what it's, that's kind of like what you're describing sounds a lot like our, our gun season here. So it's, I'm sure it's similar in that regard. You know, we get a bunch of people together and, you know, we tell stories and, and throw a couple back and then we sit in the woods for long hours to see what walks by. Um which is a ton of fun, but bow hunting is a bit different. Obviously you sound, I think you'd mentioned that you're exclusively a bow hunter now. Right. I am now. Yep. I, uh, don't maybe 2007 is the last time I've touched a gun. And before that it was pretty minimal, probably all the way dating back to 2000. I've, I've probably just gone hunted, uh, two or three times in the last 15, 16 years. Holy cow. So let me, uh, this isn't part of the question they have, but that's fine. What, what, um, you just have that big of a passion for bow hunting that it over, it overcame that or did something turn you off to gun hunting in particular? No, nothing turned me off to gun hunting. I guess it was just a passion towards bow hunting. I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't even know what to describe it before the internet age and TV age with outdoor channel and stuff like that. I mean, I literally every day, 
had a bow hunter magazine in my back pocket through high school and just reading stories of, you know, land from far away and all these different adventures. It just sold me. I, I read a lot of magazines, a lot of magazines back in the day and, and, uh, it made me a bow hunter in the nineties and, and that's just who I am. That's pretty cool. That's, that's, actually pretty hardcore that you're only a bow hunter i know there's plenty of them out there i'm not one of them i i got i partake in the gun opener here in our state in wisconsin but uh, bow hunting is hard man it's 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 a lot more tactful obviously and that's probably a whole other subject in itself but there's a i enjoy it more than gun hunting um the actual hunting part of it when you're when you're out there the stealth the the maneuverability because you're not layered up in you know 20 or layers of blaze orange or whatever and the fact that you have to know more about the animal and, and the environment to be able to get one close enough. Absolutely. You know, like, uh, just today, a few guys in the gym were like, you muzzleload? I'm like, no. And I said, I think about it sometimes that, you know, just for a day, I'm going to go take it and just, you know, enjoy myself. And uh, I instantly think of like, oh, my God, it'd be so easy. It's like 150 yards. I could shoot without even, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. So, uh just the thought of spoiling myself, I guess, to kind of, you know, I'm not, like I said, totally not against it. I know one day, you know, I'm sure somewhere we're going to get in, you know, an invite to rifle hunt or come gun hunt somebody's farm, and I'm sure I'm going to take them up on it. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be like, oh, no, no, I don't do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, God forbid. <laughs> That's funny. So. Um, well, the the topic of discussion this week is interesting. I'm, I'm likely going to call the title Where to Hunt Michigan. Uh, just because I think there's a first real life application of the name of, of where to hunt, which is simply, you know, what is it like to hunt other states? For anyone that's here in Wisconsin, some some of the people that um, hunt in our state are there's a bit of disdain sometimes for our local DNR, and you know, it's it's kind of like the people that say I hate I hate America, blah blah blah. Well, then then go somewhere else. You know, really stop complaining and do something about it. So anyone that's got disdain for um you know hunting in wisconsin maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea to try a different state and michigan's close enough you know so really yeah, it's not far yeah for sure i mean especially guys in the up in wisconsin i know they travel the state line quite a bit and even us lower or you know the southern part you know i can be in wisconsin's best area to deer hunt in eight hours so i know that you guys can be here in that time as well yep Absolutely, man. And so I just kind of want to know some of the basics, I guess, what, you know, what is the, what is the land access like in terms of, you know, how much access do you have to public? Is it easy to find and get to is, you know, or, or is it a more private than public or what about the lease land opportunities? So those are the three obvious things. I think those are the three only types of land you could find probably, <laughs> but yeah, as, as someone that hunts over there, I, yeah. What, what is it like? Well, you know, I will say this, the disdain for the DNR doesn't stop in Wisconsin. So <laughs> go figure. <laughs> go figure. I'll just throw that out there. Not shocked. But um <laughs> Yeah, so we have, you know, our own thoughts on on, you know, just like everybody else on what to do with the deer herd and whatnot. But I will say this. If you are a deer hunter's deer hunter, if you just like the pure element of coming to hunt somewhere and it's something new and something different. Michigan does have a lot to offer in, in that regard. We're talking 7 million acres of state land. So, I mean, without a doubt, there is room for somebody everywhere. And without a doubt, we have enough deer, especially 
in the um, lower peninsula, especially halfway to the, the tip, the deer numbers are really strong that, I mean, you can go anywhere. You're going to see a deer, you, you, and if you're a meat hunter, I mean, it's paradise. You're you're going to kill your deer for sure. So there's definitely a lot of land to get involved in and come hunt somewhere. And I will give this to the DNR. Our website is, I'm shocked. It's pretty savvy, and you can pretty much pick out each piece of state land, and it will give you information on each piece, um, whether it's a national forest or just state land or a park. Um, it will tell you all that good stuff, and it will tell you parking access. And good. That's, it, that's what I, I going to ask. That's amazing that yeah. they do that. Yeah, so. There's been yeah, attempts to yeah. make ours better, but it's still not all the way there, um, which is how my whole thing started, actually. I was pissed at the DNR, and I was like, there's got to be a better way to find land. <laughs> I'm not trying to drive four hours to go gun hunting. So that's that's good to know. That's actually really good to know. Um, and, and obviously, yeah, not just because someone has the same for Wisconsin, but if, if you really just want to go hunt all the time and you want to hit up all these different seasons at different times in the, in the you know, fall, yeah, there's, I don't know, all sorts of Midwestern states that are good. I kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> no, that's all right. But I mean, to go along with kind of what your thought, what you were saying there, our season's very liberal as well. So you're getting 90-plus days, you know, between bow hunting, and we have an insane amount of gun time. You're talking two full weeks. It's off five days, and then muzzleloader season uh, starts, and you don't have to get a separate muzzleloader tag. So uh, you're getting two-plus weeks, and then basically the rest of December to muzzleloader. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane. That's, that's interesting. What, um, when does your, your bow season start? It's October 1st, and it runs to, well, technically, if you're wearing orange, you can, you can, uh, you, can bow you know, bow hunt during gun. Yeah. yeah, but it's always, I mean, without gun pressure, though, it's October 1st to November 14th. Uh, then we have the two-week gun season, uh, so it's basically the rest of November, and then bow hunting starts again December 1st to January 1st. So you can actually legally hunt January 1st here. That's cool. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, and then, so like, it sounds like you guys probably do have more public than private land access. You know, it, it, we, I'm assuming up north we actually do, yeah. Uh, the southern half of the lower peninsula, I'm not going to lie to any, anybody, that is, I guess if you're to look up the books, produces more of our trophy bucks. Sure. But it is... Uh, I mean, it's up there. It's, I bet you it's 90% private. Where I am right now in the very southern central part of Michigan, I'm um, about 10 miles from Indiana, so that gives you guys kind of a little thought process where I am right now. Okay. Uh, my farms for my business here are, you know, 10 minutes away, but if I wanted to hunt state land, there's a, only about two spots in about two different counties. So there isn't much here in, in this, you know, the South Central part that's kind of known for the for the bigger bucks, and maybe that has something to do with it being private land. I don't know, but majority of it is it's all agriculture, and obviously that's income. So that's probably a big reason why there isn't much state land here. Sure, that makes sense. And obviously, the, the more southern you are, the more populated it's likely going to be. So you have that. Then you have you know, if, you're probably getting big because of all the freaking food you're feeding them. If it's all agriculture down there, which is cool, right? Yes. Yeah. 
And so I it, does, I it does produce. Yeah. As I was say, I have to and imagine that the public land that is there is probably probably pretty well pressured. You know, there's we have public land, so to speak, and then there's something that we call HAP, which is Hunter's Access Program. I don't know if you guys offer that in Wisconsin. But that is a private landowner that says, hey, I don't give two iotas about any type of hunting, but, man, if anybody wants to come and hunt, they can come hunting here because I hate it when the turkeys eat my corn or the deer. So come hunt it. So it's private land, but it's open to the public. Now, some of those, there's a few around here, and I want to say I just looked up on the website. There's five in this county, so that's still not too much. Um not that much land, I should say. But you can definitely get on some of those spots because a lot of people don't know about them, and they're very dis- discreetly marked. So those are, you know, cool little tips to know as well. That's cool. That's really cool. We have we have something similar. I think it, it probably, I'm sure there's different variances, but uh, it's called VPA, Voluntary Private Access, or Public Access, um, where private landowners can say, yeah, I don't care, they can go hunt my land. Uh, it's got to be properly marked and whatnot. And we have something else too, like manage... MFL managed forest law where a company or an owner or landowner gets, they get a tax break for allowing people to hunt their land and have it be forested and things like that. But that one's not marked as well. And it's kind of a, there's a big story on that a while back because people were landlocking it. So you couldn't access it legally, but it was, oh, there. Right. So they weren't, they were like getting the tax break without um, following the guidelines of the, of whatever the heck that was. Like it's, it's so, it, I don't know. It was a big, it was a big issue. The DNR actually at that point is, um, one of the local news companies, uh, Journal Sentinel, actually called them out on it. And finally, at that point, they started to make a mapping tool. And it kind of changed how our state's been doing things ever since, which is exciting. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big help to guys, you know, especially like us that are looking to add just maybe one piece of ground, you know, for a certain wind or, you know, during gun season when you got other family members coming or something like that. I mean, those are the pieces you really, you know, cherish that you can kind of sneak on and, you know, people don't know about or access is a little bit difficult. So those are nice. Yeah. It's always, I, I always like the, the exploration part of new land. Honestly, I like learning a new property and, and figuring where the deer are bedded down, where they're traveling, where they're eating, where they're drinking and, and just getting out there and getting the boots on the ground. I, I love, I love that process because it's so exciting and much more rewarding when you get something that way. It is, uh, we hunted some state ground in Nebraska this year, two spots, and we have a lease in Illinois. And even the lease, I mean, it's lease, it's private land, but it's the same thing. And you're exactly right. It's boots on the ground. We got to walk it. We got to figure it out. There's no guide, no outfitter. There's nobody telling us, uh, you know, where to hunt this ground had never been hunted in 20 years. So, you know, it's the same thing. And that's, you know, I'm just like you. That's the adventure part of it that I love. You know, it's just like, what am I going to find over this ridge yeah, or in this cubby like hole? A, or, yeah, it's like you know, like a I love it. Kid getting all giddy, running around. Look, I found sheds. Oh my god! You know, it's so great. You know, you're yeah. so freaking jacked up. Um, yep. So spring's a great time for that. We'll be we'll be talking about that in the spring for sure. What are what are some of the costs for an, for a non-member or non um, a, for a non-resident non-member? <laughs> That resident, you're looking at out the door about two twenty five, and then give you a buck in the dough tag. So you know, in the grand scheme of things, between some of the other states I've hunted out of state, Michigan's still pretty much the lower end of the spectrum. So uh, that's what it is. Just you know, know it ahead of time and plan accordingly. 
Yeah, that's not so bad. I don't even know what the honest state is for Wisconsin. I guess it's like knowing what your own phone number is. You never call yourself. Yeah, I think Wisconsin, if you're a first-time hunter, you get a really big discount. Um, and then your second time, I want to say it's uh, upper 200s, but don't quote me on that. Sure. I th- I heard recently somewhere, and, and maybe you know, maybe you don't, and this is just hearsay, but I think it's Minnesota that, that charges out-of-state whatever your state charges for out-of-state. Oh, I don't know. Hmm. I thought that was Maybe that's it is. legit. Yeah. That's a pretty cool way to do it. I think like, well, your state wants to charge $500. That's what we're going to charge you. <laughs> right. <laughs> or yeah. whatever. Yep. That's pretty that's cool. That's kind of interesting. I've hunted uh, seven states out of state as a non-resident. And majority of those I've hunted two or three times now or more. And each one charges something totally different. And each one, each tag includes something different as well. So it's, it's it's crazy, and you got to know your stuff and just make sure that, you know, whatever your favorite thing is, if it's Bing or Google, make sure you you know it and make sure that you, you don't get caught and get a violation over a $25 habitat stamp that you didn't know you needed. So, you know, stuff like that, you just got to know the little P's and Q's. Sure. And I, I'd imagine any, any of these local DNR or state DNR sites that you're going to visit have a phone number where if there's something you can't find, you're not sure of, you can call and ask and talk to a human being and anyone local should that's into hunting. Like if, if I was coming there, maybe I would reach out to you and be like, Hey man, this is what they told me. This is what I have. Does this, does this cover everything? There's anything I'm missing, which is nice to have someone that you would know, but yeah, for sure it is. And you said, um, this kind of answers the question I had. I wanted to ask you about what, what your deer herd population is like. And you said for anyone that's a meat, a meat hunter, you should be good to go. Trophy hunting obviously is a little more tricky, but it sounds like your deer herd's pretty healthy over there and and plenty. Yeah, we've always had a million plus deer in the state, so you know that's a good population of deer. We've had, you know, kind of like everybody in the Midwest, 2012, we had a really bad year, bad breakout of EHD. We've lost. I mean, my farm, especially down here in South Central, no joke. I lost 90. 8% of the deer herd. I mean, it's wow. totally gone. Um, it's devastating, and it was scary and just, like, so weird. I still would go hunt. It was like a ghost town. It was just really weird. But uh, we, we still have really good numbers of deer. Deer starting to come back, even in this area. But, uh, yeah, up north, mid-central, all that land has lots of deer still. So, you know, a million plus, you're bound to run into one if, if you know 10% of, you know, being a decent little hunter that's cool well it sounds like the department of transportation probably like that loss in, in deer numbers probably a lot less auto accidents what's that probably a lot less auto yeah accidents. they probably oh yeah <laughs> oh down here they love it yeah that's for sure yeah yeah well which is that's why we need hunters we gotta we gotta make sure people don't get their cars ruined yeah exactly you have to help the insurance companies out <laughs> What's um what's the pressure like when you're out there? Are you are you running into a lot of people when you look at the parking lots of some of the public access points? Um, does it look like they're filled up or or is it you got room to breathe? You know, I'm not gonna lie to anybody. You got a million plus gun hunters. There's two hundred fifty thousand bow hunters. You know, that's a lot of pressure. Uh, up north, you know, like I said, there's definitely spots you're gonna find because the greater number of acreage-wise of state lane available, you're going to find spots that nobody's pestering you. And it's one of those things, too, you probably know, Eric, like the farther back you go, 
how likely you are to see somebody. So if you don't mind having the hiking boots on, you're not going to have a problem. But there's some areas around, you know, some of those parking spots for these state lands that, that it only holds two or three cars. So, you know, if you're there first, you're guaranteeing yourself that spot in that amount of acreage, if that makes sense. So, yep. um, but, which is, which you is know, a good way to have, do it if you can, obviously. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to lie to anybody. The private land, it, it, all of it has hunters on it. I mean, I ask, I own a business locally, and I ask daily somebody, you know, like, hey, you got any land? And, oh, I got somebody hunting it. So, you know, that, it's, it's tough to come by for sure. There's there's definitely hunters here. It's, it's a tradition here in Michigan. And that's probably why, you know, like I, I made the meat comment, or meat hunter comment is, you know, we just, we have so many hunters, it's really hard to get trophy deer here. You know, it, it, when I say trophy, I mean three and a half, four and a half, five and a half. Wow. Yeah, I suppose so. Sounds, sounds very similar so far. Sounds like a challenge worth <laughs> accepting, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you're right. If you, uh, you're lucky enough to hammer out, you know, 130 inch deer, I'm telling you, you got what it takes to shoot a 150 anywhere in the nation. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Well, man, that that's all I had actually. Um, which is fine. That's, that's about as good as I wanted to cover that, that topic for your state. And I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk about it with me. You freaking know your stuff over there. No problem, man. Thanks so much for uh, taking the time with me tonight. Yeah, um, real quick, give yourself a shout-out, man. Where where can people find your podcast, your show? Absolutely. Um, we are on, or I'm on, uh, the Outdoor Podcast channel. Uh, you probably find my show right next to Eric. And it's on iTunes, Take Game Outdoors. It's on Stitcher. It's on TuneIn. And every Tuesday you'll find the show on uh, podbros.com, outdoorpodcastchannel.com. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at B-H-A-M-S-B-A-M-S-2-1 on Twitter and Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate it again. All right. Thanks so much, Eric. Yeah, have a good night. Looking for a spot to hunt? Download the free Where to Hunt app for your smartphone today. Avoid hunters, see less people, see more deer. With the Where to Hunt app, you will know where other hunters are before you see them. Just search Where to Hunt from the App Store to download today. And I'm a fly-by-the-seat-of-my-pants kind of guy, mainly because I'm so busy. It's like, I don't know what I should be spending my time on. Um, but it's it's interesting because I, I honestly never really put too much thought into hunting other states. And, uh, well, here, here we go. I guess I'll be embarking down that path now because it sounds really exciting just to be able to hunt that much, really. And I know, a lot, and I know enough people that do hunt other states and it sounds just like a, it sounds like a cool thing, a fun thing. There's, there's a road trip involved. There's a little bit more nuance to experience. Um, get out of your get out of your kind of habit and shell and level of comfort or comfort zone, and kind of mix it up a little bit and, and give yourself more opportunities too, because some of the seasons don't run completely, you know, congruent. So um, really, springtime is is a huge, huge, huge time to be scouting. I'm already 
starting to think, well, I wonder when the antlers are going to start to drop and, and I can't wait to go out and look for those. But moreover, I can't wait to go look for new land because I, I can't even begin to think about how not ill-prepared per se, but yeah, I guess in the grand, grand scheme of things, I was pretty ill-prepared this season. You know, I, I hunted a lot of new properties, I think seven in total this year that I haven't hunted before, or if it was the same property, a hundred different parts of that property that I hadn't seen before. And sorry to say, sad to say, I didn't do a whole lot of spring scouting last spring. And, and I kind of paid the price this year because I didn't get any deer. And I would like to think that had I put more time in, in the spring to know where the beds were and exactly how those deer were traversing through those plots of land, I could have increased my odds a little bit more. And, um, you know, it's such an important thing to do for a successful hunt because once the season hits, you can't be doing those things. You can't be in those, in the, the deer bedding areas, you know, rubbing your sign and scent all over everything. So springtime is the time to get out there, especially if there's snow. And I know I'm speaking ahead. There'll probably be a whole nother topic on this come spring, but planning ahead, planning ahead, right? That's what I want to kind of hammer home here. And I'm kind of doing this for myself too, because I, I want to start to actually look at some of these other, other surrounding States here in the Midwest. Um, you know, I don't know if anyone knows this, but I'm a full-time student. I work full-time. I do this. I have this app thing. There's a lot going on in my life, but come the end of summer, I will no longer be a student. So I will have this huge window of opportunity of time. And, uh, if I can get any scouting in this winter or spring coming up, it'll be of great benefit because I intend on spending a obscene amount of time in the woods come next hunting season to increase my odds. Um, in fact, through conversation today, I was talking with someone, they're like, you know, they're in a position, they're, they're a business owner in a position to be able to just kind of take off whenever they want. And they literally take off five, five days straight, um, during what they, whenever the peak rut seems to land, they'll just, they'll jet then. And that's it. I mean, man, I was so envious to hear that. What a, what a nice thing to be able to do. I just don't have that luxury in life yet. And as a public land hunter, you have to hunt it hard and you have to get at it and you need to know what you're doing. And the more time you can spend on a property, the, the better off you're going to be, I think, unless luck's really on your side and you just show up somewhere and you've never hunted it before. You could take a guess by looking at things on a topple or a satellite or whatever satellite map on Google. It just isn't the same as getting the boots on the ground. So um, again, big thanks to Brandon for being on the show because it's very inspirational to get a, a flavor of what it's like to hunt in a different state and how easy it probably really is to, to gain that access and just go do it. Um, the hunting part probably isn't so easy, but that said, we'll move on to the next topic. for some time now and uh unless i get some feedback i'm gonna keep doing it and if i change it you'll know someone finally said something uh whether it was yay or nay i'll, I'll call it out and hopefully with the, the reviews that you guys are gonna do because i asked for them and you're gonna get a 25 dollars gift card if you're selected as our winner um it's actually a pretty neat thing too i'm gonna i'm gonna call the winner off on uh what's the darn date on that i'm gonna do that it's gonna be 12 13 i'm gonna call the winner off at 8 p.m live on periscope so you can check that out nonetheless um, Wisconsin's got 22 reported injuries total for the year 2015. It's not looking good. 
And uh, because we were talking to someone from Michigan today, I thought it'd be kind of interesting to look at what they have, even though I've seen it before. Their 2015 hunting incidents or hunting season incident reports from January 15 till now, they have nine. That's it. Um, one of the interesting ones on here that kind of caught my attention. I always look for the ones that you know say deer and, and usually not fatal because you know I don't want to I don't want to be too too deep when I go into this stuff, but. Someone was exiting their tree stand and they, they put their drop line on their gun on the trigger guard. I mean, that's just a poor choice. It's just a horribly poor choice. You're not thinking at that point. So I don't know what you're doing if you're, if you're smoking dope or if you're drunk or I don't know how you got in the tree stand in the first place. But that's just something that I guess maybe it seems like a good idea because it's a great place to put a, a, a carabiner, but that's not... A wise choice if you have a sling do that try to try to do some sort of yo-yo now to loop it through but putting it on the trigger guard itself well guess what happened it, it it discharged the gun and he shot himself in the leg because of it so again be safe think think about what you're doing out there and and honestly man i don't know that you hear about so many crazy silly accidents and i would just hate to know anyone that i personally know have that happen to or have someone else's negligence affect someone that i know and then ruin ruin the sport that we the, the, the sport and the tradition that we love because someone was being an idiot. Don't be an idiot. Be safe. And uh, congrats, Michigan, for for not having very many hunting incident reports. Maybe I should go hunt Michigan. Have fun out there. The hunting season is still going on, and uh, hunt safe. Hunt public. The United States. I've always got my ear protection. I point my gun in the right direction. I'm a hunter.